Welcome to Teacher Quit Talk. I'm Miss Redacted. And I'm Mrs. Frazzled. Every week we explore the teacher exodus to find out what, if anything, could get these educators back in the classroom. We've all had our moments where we thought, what the hell am I doing here? From burnout to bureaucracy to soul-sucking stressors and creative dead ends. From recognizing when it was time to go to navigating feelings of guilt and regret afterwards, we're here to cut out the gaslighting and get real about what it means to leave teaching. We've got insights from former teachers from all over the country who have seen it all. So get ready to be disturbed. Join us on Teacher Quit talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there. This is A.G. from Mueller, she wrote. Are you tired of Donald Trump sending our computer hacking jobs overseas to countries like Russia, the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, and Israel just to save money? This year alone, Trump has spent over $3 million shipping our hack jobs and pay-to-play political attacks to foreign soil. Vote for me. I'm AG, and I'm working hard to unionize micro-targeting and psychographics so we can keep political hack jobs and dirty politics where they belong. In the United States of America. My name is AG, and I approve this message. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, welcome to Muller She Wrote. I am your anonymous host, A.G., with me, as always, is Julissa Johnson. Hey, guys. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Uh, I have to keep my identity secret because of the Hatch Act. I haven't said this in a while. This is uh, our f- our first free mini-sode in a while. We've only done one other free one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to give you another taste. Uh, so that's why we're here today. But I have to keep my uh, identity secret because I work high up in, in Trump's executive branch. Mm-hmm. And I can't associate my name with any, quote-unquote, political campaigns or right. my title. So. That's why I'm AG. So hello. <laughs> uh, today, we want to discuss whether or not Mueller can indict Trump. Basically, that's what it boils down to. We've discussed this um, on some shows in the past and have always felt that Mueller can indict Trump. But we wonder uh, whether or not he will, right? Right. Well, this week, the guy who wrote the Department of Justice policy that says a sitting president cannot be indicted weighed in on Twitter and I thought it was important enough to share as it corroborates our past conjecture mm. here at MSW. Uh, first of all, the author of the policy about indicting the POTUS within the Department of Justice, his name is Neil Katyal. Uh, he took to Twitter Wednesday after Giuliani went on television asserting that Mueller cannot <laughs> indict Trump. You remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Good old Giuliani. <laughs> he also said in, in an interview that Trump can't be subpoenaed 
Jordan, do you remember that? Yes, you, for sure. I think you I think you have some information on that. Yeah. About I had, not being able to be subpoenaed. Yes, I had so much fun covering Giuliani's meltdown <laughs> on the air last he time. Did, went, he went full Nunberg. Yeah, he oh, did, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this was this is great. So basically Giuliani gets confronted with these statements of his past and it's related to a president and this happened in I think was it 2000 98 98 okay so 1998 so it's about bill Uh, clinton right and it's i was in the navy (laughs) yeah and it's and it's about it's on the topic of getting subpoenaed and needing to come and testify and giuliani is super hard line saying no yes a fucking president absolutely has to come and respond to a subpoena when it's issued to them no questions asked Mm. yep the president is not above the law (laughs) if he's subpoenaed he must appear yes yes and so then he gets confronted on this interview that ag was just referencing and has to answer for his previous words right because he shows up on cnn and he's like oh they can't subpoena trump he yes. doesn't have to answer to a subpoena. Yeah, That's so. And funny. then, the, and then the anchor's like, "Well, but you said this," and they play the tape. Yeah. And then, as they're playing it, you hear Giuliani <laughs> talking over it, saying, "That's not fair. This is not fair. Whoa. I was talking about responding to a subpoena of documents, not responding to a subpoena of a testimony in person. Talking so, is a compliment. He was crying. Yeah. He was like, "That's not fair. Yeah. You did that. You can't use my own words against me." What do you exactly. think about that technicality? Of- of word choice to well, you. Well, if you listen to the recording that's being played, I think any rational thinking person would think he's not referring to a subpoena for documents. Mm-hmm. Giuliani's referring to a subpoena for person. Exactly. Yeah, to show uh, up. Well, because Clinton wasn't yes. responding to a subpoena for documents. Mm-hmm. He was responding to a subpoena wow. yes. to justify. For, for trying to pivot, yes. though. He and almost, the grand jury. Yeah. yeah. In the context. Was, God. Yeah. Absolutely. He, he just was, broke down. He yes. had a little tantrum. Complete right hypocrite. He is for sure referencing getting subpoenaed for an in-person testimony and mm-hmm. saying you have to show up. And when he's confronted <laughs> with it now, he's saying, no, I was talking about just documents. That's Poor not guy. fair. That's not fair. Trump's mm-hmm. going to yell at him. You he know was it. so mad. Fucking idiot. Uh, well, you know what? Trump did his research. If he vetted anyone, he might have seen that interview. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And he's got the best people, so he'll be fine. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> PPO is on top of it, icing everyone <laughs> over there. So Neil uh, Katyal opens his Twitter thread by saying, it's important to note, first of all, how incredible it is that we are having a conversation about the indictability of the president of the United States. (laughs) That is crazy. Quote, that's astounding, unquote, he says. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Can we just get that out of the way? Yes, moment of silence for democracy. That we're arguing about the indictability of an indictability is a word and when when this whole thing first started um i remember people saying that maxine was saying that we were talking about indictments too soon and now we're here there's a whole discussion it's not even a matter of like oh don't say the word oh anti-maxine there we go yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. maxine well i think you're talking about impeachment oh impeachment there we go yeah Yeah. so in this case it's almost like they would go hand in hand i think well like how do you get indicted but not get one's criminal one's congressional but sure yeah yeah you Uh, do yeah but yeah i mean he he just wanted to open up and say hey i just want to remind everyone knock knock on your face Mm -hmm. we're talking about indicting the president right this is our argument today he then continues on reminding us to consider the source of the s of the of the assertion uh and that giuliani being the source might not be the most trustworthy person as a source Hmm. he's not quite a stickler for details yeah, I guess uh, right, yeah. He, he goes on to talk about the context in which Mueller may have said um he didn't intend to indict trump uh, so he he wants to know did 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 Mueller say that because trump's lawyers said he would take the fifth amendment 
prompting Mueller to say there can be no incrimination? Mm. Let me explain this, because if that's the case, the policy against indicting a sitting president could hurt Trump. Basically, and follow me on this, you guys, because this is a little cloudy. It's a little weird. But if Mueller interviews Trump and everyone agrees that Mueller cannot indict Trump, Trump might not be able to take the fifth against self-incrimination because without the ability of indictment, there is no threat of self-incrimination. Oh, snap. Does that make sense? It corners him, yeah. So you only get the protection of the Fifth Amendment if what you say gets you in trouble. Mm -hmm. But if you can't get in trouble, you don't get the protection of the Fifth Amendment. Mm -hmm. That's a very Mm -hmm. big concept and one I'm not sure Giuliani or Trump has thought through because they're acting like they don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, we talk about a lot of things that they don't even bring up. (laughs) Uh, Then Katyal drops another bomb saying, quote, the special counsel regulations, which I drafted, do not say the Department of Justice policy must always be followed. They say that a special counsel can ask the attorney general or acting attorney general in this case, Rod Rosenstein, for permission to depart from the Department of Justice rules and policies. Oh, basically, if Mueller has a case, a bulletproof case, he can go to Rosenstein and ask to indict Trump to go around this memo. And if Rosenstein says no, it will automatically trigger a report to Congress, both majority and minority. So we'll know either way. Without the denial to indict by Rosenstein, there is not necessarily such a report. According to him, according to Katyal, the guy who wrote these rules, the final report requirement died with the expiration of the Special Counsel Act. So reports are permissible, but not mando. Mandatory. (laughs) Oh, I like that. (laughs) So, So Trump can be indicted. Um, yeah. it's, it's possible Mueller could ask for the indictment knowing Rosenstein would deny and that would force a full report from him, mm-hmm. which he would then have to write for Congress, which he might want to do in the first place. Yeah. So knowing that permission uh, to override that the Department of Ju- to basically knowing that the permission to override Department of Justice rules is feasible, that puts an indictment right back into contention. (laughs) And that is the assessment of the guy who wrote the rules about indicting a sitting president. It's like, how much more close to the source can you get? That's nuts. So so it's bad for Trump in any scenario, Mm -hmm. because if you can't indict a president, if if Mueller goes to uh, Rosenstein, asks for permission to indict, and Rosenstein said no, that forcefully triggers a report to congress full like congress not right. not a little private final report exactly the final report requirement That'll ended with the special oh, special counsel act when go. that expired wow yeah okay so you either get an indictment or if you, the indictment is refused you get a full report to congress which <laughs> Trump will wants neither leak to the public yeah okay we'll either be pissed that nothing was done but we know or we'll be happy that something was done and we'll know and if you can't indict a president you can't plead the fifth. That's crazy. Because That's the biggest part to me. Because yeah. the Fifth Amendment only protects you from self-incrimination. And if mm-hmm. you are unable to incriminate yourself because you were protected you talk. By, by zero indictments, you have to testify. Wow. So I love the law when it works out. So Trump is? Fucked. Fucked. Nice. That was probably one of our better ones. Yeah, that was good. (laughs) We hope that you guys have enjoyed our little bonus episode. We encourage you to head to MullerSheWrote.com and become a patron. You'll get access to all of our bonus episodes. One dollar. That's it. That's all. It's one dollar for you. It it actually means the world to us. So thank you again for listening. I've been AG. I've been Julissa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote.
Muller, She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Market consulting by Amanda Reeder at Unicorn Creative. Our digital media director and subscriber managers are Jordan Coburn and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our partners are fastgrass.org and joysteaspoon.com. Fact-checking and research by AG with support from Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Muller She Wrote staff includes AG, Jaleesa Johnson, Jordan Coburn, Sarah Hirschberger Valencia, Jesse Egan, and Sarah Lee Steiner. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is mullersherote.com. Hi, I'm Harry Littman, host of Talking Feds, a roundtable that brings together prominent figures from government law and journalism for a dynamic discussion of the most important topics of the day. Each Monday, I'm joined by a slate of Feds favorites and new voices to break down the headlines and give the insider's view of what's going on in Washington and beyond, plus sidebars explaining important legal concepts read by your favorite celebrities. Find Talking Feds wherever you get your podcasts. M-S-W Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, Welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in an Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.